The following podcast features discussions of an adult nature. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Coming Another Stuff You Should Know. I am your favorite couple, Forrest. Lauren is not with us this time around. Um, she's currently in Vegas, uh, but she has an aftercare episode. If you haven't heard it, please go ahead and listen to it. But for now, I'm excited because we have another guest uh, that I know, which I'm really excited about, um, and talking about leather because it's not something that I am used to so it what better way to to talk about leather and bdsm and how all of that works than to talk to someone who is now a title holder uh who is the mr i believe it's mr long beach leather nope mr eagle 562 he is correcting me now and we will get to that uh but please welcome to the show mr joey Byrne. joey welcome to the show hello i'm excited okay so obviously like i had to correct myself because I'm not familiar with the title, so you'll have to like walk me through it. So currently, where in the journey are you? So I actually represent Eagle 562, which is Mm -hmm. the leather bar in North Long Beach. And Mm -hmm. you mentioned Long Beach leather. Well, that is actually, think of it as like a regional title. So Long Beach is a region, LA is a region. Mm -hmm. My bar, Eagle 562, actually has a history of competing for Los Angeles leather. So okay. that is the next title I go on to compete for is Mr. Los Angeles Leather. Ooh, got it. Okay, see, this is why I, I bring professionals on because they know better than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. First off, I actually, Joey and I have a mutual friend and uh, that's how I met Joey. Although we had communicated before said mutual friend, before we actually met in person, he's amazing and he's been really good in sharing stories about the whole leather scene because it's not something that i'm in not not so much into i'm just not aware of it and it's been really fun to have these conversations and i thought it'd be good to bring him on to be able to share more and especially the the way of how titles work and stuff like that so um so i'm kind of interested exactly how did you get in like what got you into leather and that kind of thing so Before I get there, we have to backtrack a little bit. Okay, let's do it. So I didn't grow up in in the uh, Los Angeles area. I grew up in the middle of nowhere, Victorville. For those of you who don't know, Victorville is everybody's favorite pee stop on the way from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) And there isn't a big gay community up there. There is one gay bar, and that's it. Next closest gay bar, I believe, is in Riverside. Yes. Or actually Pomona or somewhere in that vicinity. One of the areas. (laughs) Exactly. Needless to say, it's not in where I grew up. Mm -hmm. And I had started downloading the apps like everybody does. I mean, Mm -hmm. especially in small communities, you got to see who's five feet away. Or not five feet, five miles. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I had got to know become really good friends with somebody who cosplays and okay and what he did is he actually started cosplaying with leather harnesses and incorporating them into his cosplay so he did like uh sub-zero and scorpion from mortal Kombat, so on and so forth things that i didn't know what it was exactly Mm. but it it, it appealed to me it made me want to go ooh, 
I, I, I like that. Mm-hmm. Fast forward about a year, and I won $500 on a lotto scratcher. Oh, lucky you. Oh, Shit. yeah. I, I, I was so tempted I quit <laughs> but he ended up taking me down to West Hollywood and going to 665 and then also to Silver Lake to Rough Trade Gear for those listeners that don't know those are two leather shops down in the Los Angeles area and we went and tried on harnesses because I told him okay I don't know why but something about it is calling me like I, I want mm-hmm. a harness mm-hmm. I may never wear it again but I want a harness I don't, mm-hmm. I can't tell, explain why. And we started at 665. We did a, try this on, try this on, try this on. Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. I didn't like anything at that sort. So we went on to Rough Trade Gear. Those of you who don't know, Rough Trade Gear is two stories. First story is your little basic neoprene area. Mm-hmm. And then if you go yeah. upstairs, that's where all the leather gear is and some adult novelties are. We love that. We're a supporter of, of that in this household. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, we started trying on harnesses there and went into the fitting room, put on my like, I think it was my second harness there. And I come out and I just told him, I don't know what it is, but this is it. Mm-hmm. This this is the harness. And it was a little five point harness it crossed okay. crossed my chest and then connected to a cock and that was also the okay. first time i got fitted for a cock ring <laughs> <laughs> how was that experience was it fun <laughs> oh that was a very fun experience <laughs> they they gladly fitted me for a cock ring let's just leave it at that <laughs> interesting Are, i mean do they so obviously like i've never had that do they so obviously they're helping you so hands are on on the bits and just like putting it in or uh hands are on the bit with consent because okay, consent, consent is consent sexy. To sexy yes yes but uh yes so i have very big balls so they would try this size and say oh nope that don't work and then uh-huh. i would put it on and then if you don't know you need like two finger space or one finger space to make sure you don't cut your own dick off yeah, that would be bad. So that that's essentially what they're helping you with is making sure you have the, the proper space. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah, it was a fun experience. Uh, one I'll never forget. But back to the harness, it was mm-hmm. it was just something that called to me. And mm-hmm. I I took it home and honestly, I didn't wear it for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I, I received an opportunity to uh, move down to the Long Beach area. And that's when I started going out a little bit more because hello, new new gay community, new Ooh. down the street from a gay bar, gotta go, gotta go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Eagle Five Six Two opened, and Eagle Five Six Two, the building itself was Pistons before, which was a, a great leather bar as well. Uh huh. And my naive self didn't know this at the time. I just it's a gay bar, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I did not know what what it was that appealed to me. I just knew the the, the calling was there. Mm-hmm. And to be clear, I'm also an introvert, so I am very like if I'm going to the bar by myself, I stand in a corner. I I don't talk to anybody. And at the time, it was stand in the corner, have my one drink, <laughs> drink away, and just and, and literally I'm just I'm here. I'm people watching. And I'm, I'm part of the mm-hmm. community. I'm watching, mm-hmm. and, and go on from there yeah well after a while i I, I, and of course browse the apps while i'm standing in the corner drinking my one beer 
because uh, mm. everybody does that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, one person found me on the app and we started talking and he found me in the bar. Uh-huh. Well, he did the best thing for me, which was he pulled me out of the corner. Okay. And took me to the middle of the bar and left me there. Oh, okay. Okay. Now, this little introverted thing on a Sunday bear bust at Eagle 562, not knowing mm-hmm. anybody, this was about, to be clear, about four or five years ago, not knowing anybody, not knowing what the scene was, not. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was wearing flip flops to a leather bar. Sir, how dare you? <laughs> exactly. Well,. Uh, when he pulled me into the middle of the bar, he did whisper into somebody's ear, and then he walked away. So, of course, the person he, who he whispered to literally looked at me and went, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. And, it, of course, it was a nice little leather daddy. <laughs> <laughs> and first first thing he did is looked up and down, saw the flip-flops, shook his hand and went a finger and went, uh-uh. <laughs> Every week I would go back. And it would be a learning experience. Like, look, I'm not in flip-flops anymore. Look, I'm doing this. Look, I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't realize, but I was learning what it was and, mm-hmm. and why it called out to me without realizing. Yeah. And it, it, it all became in the name of brotherhood and mm-hmm. a sense of community. Mm-hmm. When I first ran for my title, I first ran for Mr. Long Beach Leather in 2018. I was going through a little tough patch of my life. I had recently lost a, a, a family member. Mm-hmm. And my family member actually committed suicide, mm-hmm. which was a very tough thing to go through, mm-hmm. especially because this was my only sibling. Mm. So now going to the bar was a sense of not just belonging, but a family. Mm-hmm. And that's why I ran for my first leather contest was it was all about the sense of brotherhood, the sense of helping me come out of my shell and having that space. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Wow. What a fucking journey so far, man. Holy shit. So like, obviously, so, like most people, if you're not familiar with like the gay scene, like especially like leather bars and stuff like that, like. That's kind of where people go and you know, and shenanigans happens. It's kind of just been ingrained in what we do and how we, how we choose to, what's the right word? Like work with or kind of meet our community in a way is you, we use sex as a way to almost like be in that moment and connect with people in a certain way. And I think leather is a, is like a whole nother beast within itself that once you're in it and you especially have like a bar like Eagle 562 and you continually go to a point where people now know your name and people know who you are. And, you know, then some people, especially if they're visiting, almost like fucking around is kind of like a cool, your visitor will let me welcome you in. Have fun. You know, like that's what it sounds like to me. Am I right in that in, in that assumption? Well, that's ex- exactly what I do as a title holder is, oh, there's somebody new. Mm-hmm. As a title holder, I'm the face of that bar. Mm-hmm. My, pitch, my picture is the one on that wall. Mm-hmm. And I am the, for lack of a better term, the welcomingest welcoming committee of the bar <laughs> yeah uh, and helping that person get out of the corner 
of the bar the way somebody else helped me. Yeah. I like that. I think that's always been nice, too, because I feel like, especially in our community, there is just a major subsection of gays that just, like, bother the shit out of me because they're just so nasty. They're so vindictive. They're also very problematic in the way that they only like a certain type of gay and that's how it is and they're not willing to explore. I know that in the most recent years, that's something that I have been changing on of like, I'm not gonna lie, like every person, every gay guy I know has like, you know, the Chris Hemsworths or Henry Cavill's, like we have those, that's fine. But then you have those other ones that you're like, ooh, if I could get my hands on that, I would go. And it's completely different from these other sets that I find it's interesting. And it's again, something that I'm just glad that like, we're trying, that narrative is being pushed more than these like, Puerto Vallarta gays. <laughs> that's, again, another shit show in itself. But I'm glad that that's, it seems like that that's the direction we're going is to be more inclusive and to be more open and to be celebratory of the fact that not all the bodies are the same. Exactly. Obviously, so we're to, within leather. Leather is always associated with BDSM. How far into the BDSM thing are are you in relation to the whole leather scene? So as I tell people, I'm the most vanillaist title holder you'll ever meet. <laughs> okay. I, I've dabbled here and there, mm -hmm. but I am no I am no expert. Mm -hmm. But my job as a title holder is I've built, now built this network of local people in the area. So if you come into my bar saying I'm into BDSM bondage or mm -hmm. needle play or whatever. I most likely know somebody who can help guide you better than I can. Okay. Because I am no expert in that area, mm -hmm. but I know people who are. Yeah. But have you tried, have you tried certain things and what? Oh, of course. So what were some things that you've tried that you're like, I would love to try again. And what are some things that you would be like, I'm, Nada, because I've said before for me, like scat and piss play, I'm it's just off limits to me. It's not something that I necessarily like. And I think just because I, I, I just it makes me feel degraded and it's not something that I like feeling. So what are some things for you? So as somebody that's peace shy, I I have tried water sports mm -hmm. in both formats. Mm. It does nothing for me. Yeah, I, I can't pee on somebody because I get peace shy. <laughs> okay. And my first fetish experience was uh, a fisty, actually. Ooh. So I, I went fisty over. Fisty or fister? Fister. Oh, okay. You're like, that That ain't going up the back. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I was invited over to somebody's hotel room. Ooh, okay. And it started out as originally it was just supposed to be oral. Okay. Well, as time goes on my hands start to wander of course and as they do <laughs> uh, of course but <laughs> one finger turned into two okay he applied more lube which turned to three okay <laughs> which i stopped at three until he turned around and pushed four in Pretty then soon, all five digits were in, and you're like, well, we're here. <laughs> uh, literally, he applied more lube, pushed my whole entire fist in, and I, my face went like, 
well, I don't know what I'm doing. You do you, boo, but I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm just like, going to sit here and just let you just yeah, bang you, yourself you do, on my fist. Yeah, because I don't want to hurt you. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, my God. But, and I will say there was a connection there. It, uh-huh. it was very interesting to be able to fill the heartbeat. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. What? So here's another weird question. What does it feel like <laughs> once you're like got your hands in there? How does that feel? Well, you feel for me, at least uh-huh. you get that uh, a connection going and you start feeling the heartbeat. Okay. So you're now linked doing that. Mm-hmm. But once you get into the actual like, like what type of sensations are in the booty hole once you get all the fingers in there? Is it rigid or how does it feel? It's- I'm interested. Still very silky. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I for me, like I would, I wouldn't mind being a fister, but I don't know if I would ever want to try getting fisted, just because it's. I like my butthole the way it is, and I I like it for obvious for for obvious reasons. But it's. But I wouldn't mind like just trying, like you know, just getting the hand in there. (laughs) But what's so besides fisting? Was there anything else that you're like? I'm. I, I was like, okay, I could probably try this again. Well, one of the things we do at the bar every once in a while is we have like a fetish carnival. Okay. And we have little stations around the bar where you mm-hmm. can try like electro play. Or oh. uh, at one point in time, we had somebody inside doing uh, needle play. Okay. Safe needle play. Let me clarify safe 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 you got to know what you're doing all the way down to wax play or or flogging or whatever we can get our hands on it's all about that network of people oh hell that yeah have, exactly getting them into the bar and then allowing the bar patrons to experience things they may not have experienced before interesting okay have you had people that are like fucking babies and you're like come with me to the dark side and they walk in and they're just like it's almost like like a, an overload where they don't know like how to respond to it. And because you're kind of the face of Eagle in a way, how do you almost like grab the hand, and like guide them in there? Like how does like how does that work for you having those those situations come up? Uh, you literally hold their hand. And, and if it's electro play and you're holding their hand, you can experience the electro with them. Mm-hmm. And, and they they start seeing oh this is okay mm-hmm. this is and, and then they go off and experience things on their own mm-hmm. interesting and, and my, my guy my role is just to pr- help provide that safe space okay allow people to have an opportunity to explore okay. or al- allow whatever that may be you're kind of just you're kind of almost like kind of just there like almost like concierge in a way to be like hey you want to try this let me let me find someone that will do that or hey they're hanging there and then kind of like hey this person wants to try it see where you go with it and kind of go that way which i i can think too is super important especially with something like bondage and bdsm and and fetish you kind of have to be very gentle with people and realize some of this is intense I totally get it, but let's start you slow and see where you get to. And I think that's super important too. Even even in just sex alone, you still have to be gentle. Exactly. And with like 
the BDSM aspect, there's some groups out there like Avatar LA that help in that introduction education area. Mm, okay. So going back to being a title holder. So now you've you've done, so it starts off in just the bar. So just Eagle 562. You get the title and then you move on to region. From there, like where, like what, what other of those... <laughs> Is it pageants? Not pageants. Not a pageant. <laughs> That's what I was like. Okay, what? How do you just? What's the word then? What do you just like? Contest. Thank you. So, what are what contest levels move up from there, like beyond uh, Los Angeles? So, it, it all depends on the the contract for the title. Okay. And the contest. Um, some titles, um, you can go straight to International Mystery Leather. Mm-hmm which is where Mr. Los Angeles goes. So okay. I can, I compete because it's in my contract to compete for Mr. Los Angeles leather. Mm-hmm. And then whoever wins that contest goes on to, uh, excuse me, international Mr. Leather, IML. And how does the like, especially because you are essentially the face of Eagle 562, how is there practices that you have to follow? Because I do remember that there are certain points where you where we went to go see a drag show and you did have your leather and you did have your 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 medal on. What other things have to go you do you have to do when you have the title like that? You you have to well it all depends on what's in your contract and what okay. your producers of that contract want. Mm-hmm. In my case, they want me to advertise five six two as much as possible. So when I'm out at other bars, mm-hmm. I'm wearing my title vest, my title medal mm-hmm. and and just really having a presence then i'm kind of curious as to moving forward what are some things now that you have like the title for eagle 562 obviously you're vying for mr los angeles and then hopefully and then hopefully international what were some things that you were hoping to accomplish with the title itself one of my big things i've been i am really trying to do is what i call bridge the gap okay there's a lot of people that especially during COVID may not know what leather is or, Mm. or they know, but they don't know. Okay. So that is what I've been really trying to do. So what I've done behind the scenes is worked with other organizations that aren't necessarily leather Mm. and and work our way in because Mm -hmm. everybody flies under the same LGBT flag. Absolutely. We're all gay. Lesbian. We're a part of the alphabet mafia. That's what it is. (laughs) Exactly. But we all need to understand and respect where everybody comes from Mm -hmm. and be more totally inclusive of each other. Mm -hmm. Instead of doing the, oh, this is them. Why are they doing that? And then doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. So what I've done during COVID was I started working behind the scenes with the Imperial Court of Long Beach. Mm. Which is a very, very drag forward organization. Lucinda Rear. <laughs> now she has to listen to this episode. Know that we called her out. <laughs> she has become my partner in crime. Yeah. I, and what I've been working on with the court is really getting them to understand what leather is. It's not all about sex. Mm. Sex is a huge part of the leather community. Don't get me wrong. Mm hmm. But it's not all about that. There, we have other aspects okay. to the leather community. Yeah, and that's where the imperial court comes in. And what 
getting them to understand that we give back to the community as well. Mm-hmm. We're about the brotherhood, the family, the mm-hmm. all that, which is where their values start coming in. Good. So it's going to become this ultimate, I'm educating the Imperial Court on leather. Mm-hmm. They're educating me on drag. Mm-hmm. And we're educating each other. So yeah. ultimately, in the long run, they'll be doing events at 562, Eagle 562, where now the Imperial Court's educating the leather community and the leather community is educating other people. Mm-hmm. So I'm drawing people into the leather bar that may not necessarily ever step foot into a leather bar. That's awesome, though. Because, I mean, plus two, I've always found that, like, you don't know what your interest is until you've been exposed in some way, shape or form. And like how you're saying, like drawing people into a club that are especially like a leather bar who would have never been to a leather bar. You, you will never know. And you, you might not realize like how many fucking dungeon doors you're opening for people until they've actually been exposed to it, which I think is important. I think it's important to, to like slowly like nudge the door open saying, come with me child and give it and give into it. So my question then is, okay, so moving to that is, why do you think people are so freaked out about wanting to go to a leather bar or even just remotely trying BDSM? Like what scares some people off, do you think? Is it the pain? I think it would be the, almost like the pain and like that sort of side of it type of thing. I would say it's more of the fear of the unknown. Okay. Or, or or the fear they might like something. Like that's a bad thing. Like like it's a bad thing. I, I mean for some people that is a bad thing. Yeah. Bad good a bad good thing. Mm-hmm. If that But it, it all all depends on the person. Mm-hmm. Like my job is just to give them the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I can't force them to go, but I can mm-hmm. provide the opportunity. Because In- Consent is sexy. As always, consent is sexy, ladies and gentlemen. Do not fucking forget that. So my question, okay, so then obviously like, what were some things that former title holders have done that you wanted to make sure continued? Was there any initiatives that you're like, I don't want this to die off? And what were they? Well, one of the big things Mr. Long Beach Leather 2018 did Mm -hmm. was he created a campaign called We Are One. Ooh, which okay. is essentially something I'm kind of carrying over, just not calling it the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, and his campaign is basically, we're all leather. We're mm-hmm. all LGBT. We're all, we just need to understand each other. Mm-hmm. And okay. that's what I'm kind of going for as well, is we're all flying under the same LGBT flag. Mm-hmm. Plain and simple. Yes, we all have our own individual flags, leather pride, bear flag. Mm-hmm. rainbow flag you name it we probably have a flag for it mm-hmm. but going back to the basics we're all humans mm-hmm. we're all here and we just need to respect each other understand where each other is mm-hmm. and just communicate with each other and be there for each other mm. That makes total sense. I feel like we forget sometimes that, you know, a lot of the times they're, you know, we're kind of looked at in a very weird light because of the things we like. Obviously, we we happen to like someone that has the same bits as we do. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I also find, too, that we, even though we're getting persecuted, we persecute each other. And it's like, y'all do realize that we were literally, we literally get shit on 
for fucking other dudes like or or fucking women and you know and or you know liking everything under the sun i'm like so i'm you know so it kind of bothers me that it feel that people then start start to persecute each other you know it's kind of weird but i'm like it, it it makes me happy to know that that there are groups who are trying to erase that and go like hey we're all you may not be interested in someone that you know, but that's fine. There's no reason to shit on them and let, you know, just let them live their life and go do what you want to do, which I think we, we're forgetting sometimes. I really do think that we forget that sometimes. Exactly. But I also think, too, that this – because I feel like that same persecution kind of happens with with the leather scene. Like people shit on the leather scene for no fucking reason or they'll do this. They'll shit on them, but then they'll go around to like a pride parade or a club night and they'll wear harnesses and the jackets and the shit. And you're like, y'all, you can't shit on the thing that you're wearing. Like you're fucking with their shit. Like, come on, man. In that instance, they just don't know the history. Mm -hmm. Point blank. They don't know that leather and drag queens were the ones at Stonewall. 51 mm-hmm. two years ago i think it's been i think it's 52 now i think do not quote me on that <laughs> don't qu- i i know it's 50 plus Something. years <laughs> but it was leather and drag that first started that cast the first stone exactly mm. so Interesting. that's also why a lot of leather and drag go hand in hand because we do have the core foundation there yeah, absolutely. So in when you were getting into like the leather scene, was there something in particular that you were surprised by? Like you weren't expecting it? And then you're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I'm glad I learned something new. I mean, I never thought I would be able to have copulation in the middle of a bar okay. and, and have people watch. But I'm definitely someone that – I. Power bottom. I love to fuck. It's great, but I also get, I get turned on when just sex is happening around me. Perfect yes. example. I think I said this before. My roommates, uh, there was a, at least when I first moved in, uh, was getting pounded out, and I'm in the living room, and the living room in their bedroom shares a wall, and I heard the bed up against the wall. Oh, that got me feeling so good. And I was like, and I, and it's and for me, like the way I describe it, and they were kind of uncomfortable, which I was kind of like, but just like, know that I'm cheering you on. The fact I'm getting turned on is, is literally just like a, yeah, go for it. You do it. You're getting me off. Like, great. I would also say I can do that in the middle of a bar, but at the same time, I don't want people touching me. Like, let me do my thing. Yeah. You can watch. I don't care. Yeah. Let me do my thing. Don't come buying just broke or yeah. what that I, I start freaking out at that point yeah i feel like too like for me like i would love to try i think what freaks me out a little bit is i'm i am a little body conscious and i've i mean s- everybody is a little body conscious well i'm definitely a little chunkier but for some reason people get like this i don't know how or why but i think too it kind of especially because i'm so used to being in a hetero cis environment and like you know like fucking in a public place has always been like ah you got to be careful or the police are going to get you and i've never actually been in a place where people will just fuck and then people will watch and be like 
and you and you know the, the act that's happening is just like this is the magic this is the shit so that you've we never love. been to a bathhouse no but i want to we've discussed this i really want to there's one in um san diego that just recently reopened and i really want to go san diego yes and then there's there used to be one in long beach i think we'll make 10 13 50 yes and because that one's closer to me than San Diego, I'm like, I would love to go. But I think what scares me too, and this is this is probably, but it's slowly changing, is like the fear of getting um, STD, an STI or something. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like that's a freaky thing. But like, granted, I'm on prep and that's great. But like I hooked up with someone and I caught syphilis and it freaked me the fuck out. But, you know, there's a bunch of people who go to bathhouses and have fun. And I'm like... I want to do that. Like if I'm going to be sex positive and I want, and I'm trying to have a healthier sex life, it only makes sense that I go and try cruising, fucking in a leather bar or go into a bathhouse. You know what I'm saying? It, 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 it sounds bad to say when you are doing all that, you just have to understand it's part of the territory mm-hmm. that yeah. those, those come with the territory. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. you, you take upon yourself that, that risk. Mm-hmm. Or, no, or, or to to put it in other terms, you're consenting yourself to take those risks. Yeah, I was talking to Jason Mark about this in this in another episode, and he was saying he was surprised how like sexually open the younger generation has gotten. I'm a millennial, and I was born in '92, and the that general fear of like catching something was always still very much apparent and especially with the environment i was raised in it was something that always freaked me out but now i feel like uh, you are right like definitely like it's gonna happen and it's you know and and that's okay and there could be worse things that happen i feel like now too that now that i have syphilis i'm like i don't know why i'm that concerned (laughs) anymore about it but being careful and being you know being careful and you know, just taking care of yourself is, I think, super important. And because that's what leads to having healthier sex life. And but you do have to take a little bit of a risk. And if you happen to catch something, that's just a part of the risk. And you just have to kind of go with the punches, which makes sense. I feel like the standards of in the gay community or even LGBT, mainly more the gay community, is that drinking, going to bars, and fucking around are like almost essential to the 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 thing and those and poppers you're right by the way double scorpio i have two bottles i love them they're great uh basic uh fuck you although i do want to try i do want to try jungle juice and rush i've never tried them but i do want to try them so i feel like at some point i have to make a trip to you so i can try them out another question i really i'm kind of curious to know is have you ever had encounter obviously because like you're in a title and you basically just meet other title holders and or you hear of stories have you had any incidences where someone who was a title holder had diva like attitudes or is that something that's normal or how does because i know that there's some people who do get diva attitudes does that happen? I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, that happens with Miss America, happens with yeah, other no, contests, happens with gay pride, mm-hmm. Mr. Gay Pride, whatever you want to call it. You name a title, it, it, it comes with their, their fair share of divas. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of, so I'm kind of obviously like, I'm kind of curious, like, 
when people make those diva moves, like how how fucked are they in a way? Do, like are they like are they essentially blacklisted or they're just like not call, given a, a phone call or anything? It depends on what the action was. Okay, I'm also kind of interested. Does it kind of give whoever the club was that they got the title from a bad rap, or is it more mainly just the person? I mean, sometimes it just it, it depends on mm. what the action was. Sometimes actions are very loud, hurt seen loud and clear mm -hmm. to where there are unspoken repercussions mm -hmm. for future holders of that title interesting do they have it often or are they mo mostly like far and few in between like it happens like once and then everyone else sees it and they're like okay we're not going to deal with that again and <laughs> pray that that doesn't I, happen again as far as i know they're far and few in between okay because uh, leather is all about education and learning and really picking up on what we call the old guard learning the ways of history and where leather came from mm -hmm. so when those instances happen you can almost guarantee people are going to pick up real quick oh no don't do that mm -hmm. that's a no-no yeah that's good i'm glad that there is still like tradition that stays and and like uh, that that are fair and makes sense for what it's what's being what's happening is there any traditions that have started dying out that you wish would stay going or there's traditions that you're like i think it's a good thing we're getting rid of them and we're kind of letting them die off i mean one of the, my favorite things is the hanky code oh. that unfortunately is dying off because no. we don't the newer generation doesn't necessarily need to know what the person in the bar is into because they have an app for that. Yeah. It's something that knowing the red hanky on the left is somebody that's going to be fist somebody tonight mm -hmm. or, or they want to fist somebody tonight. Excuse me. Yeah. I remember reading through those codes and I found it very fascinating, especially like with, if you have like multiple things you're down for, you're just like, that's a lot of hankies in a pocket. Yeah. That, that I don't know if I'm, okay with handling <laughs> it can get a little hectic but at the same time i find it hot mm -hmm. that you or somebody is out in public saying i'm into this mm -hmm. or i am looking for this this is what i want to do tonight right here right now so my question then is if if i were if we were if i were to run into you in a leather club a leather bar what hankies could i potentially see you having on if you had them so for me i wouldn't have very many things on my right because okay. i'm not a submissive a bottom a mm -hmm. that I would. <laughs> a lot of my hankies would be on my left mm -hmm. i would probably have a white one on my left looking to be jacked off or okay. uh, a navy blue looking to be uh looking to fuck okay to top on someone to top yeah it, exactly it, it, it all depends on well to top the placement to fuck what whatever you want to yeah no absolutely down to even uh light blue which is looking to be sucked Ooh. It, it, and it could 
I mean, the hanky code over the years has gotten so intricate that they now have things for like, I'm looking for uh, Asian oral bottom. Well, I feel like it kind of also has to go with, well, especially too, like, I feel like the hanky code is something that no matter what you are, you could have a, you could, you have that one, that one hanky and it just tells you all of that, you know, without having to put Mm -hmm. like, you know, a race to it or something, you know what I'm saying? Like a type, like I need this type of person, which I think is, I mean, it all goes back to the the purpose of the hanky code, which was back the back in the seventies eighties homosexual homosexuality was illegal. So the hanky code was a non uh, or excuse me a discreet way to um, signal, hey, let's get freaky. I, I, I'm here. Uh-huh. I'm queer. No, I can't <laughs> say it, but look at my butt. <laughs> look at that ass and i'll tell you what's up <laughs> exactly i love that is there anything is it i mean is there practices that you would like to see eradicated whether it's within the leather scene or just gay in general the way people hate on each other the way they don't include each other mm-hmm. i mean like i said before we're all flying under the same lgbt flag mm-hmm I mean, tomorrow, March 31st, is Trans Visibility Day. Exactly. And they still get so much hate mm. when they are technically a part of the same mm-hmm. rainbow flag. Yeah. So so why are we hating when we're, we're so fighting against each other that when other groups fight against us, the, sh- the heterosexuals or whatnot, mm-hmm. the Trumpers, uh, um we're now fighting the fight to fight to fight when if we would just all like unite we wouldn't be having to fight as much absolutely it's almost like that one scene in avengers endgame when all the circles open and everyone starts marching together rainbows exactly assemble (laughs) fight fuckers (laughs) no i totally get it and i think that that's something that i i'm seeing i'm not gonna lie i was someone who was kind of in that specific like type of bubble and not intentionally it was just never like i'm not intentionally doing it it just happened to be of the environment that i was raised in that if that makes sense in the Mm -hmm. way that like you know just it's just you're you're so used to seeing one thing that that's usually what you're you're used to and what you're interested in that i've slowly obviously opened myself up and have really worked to be more inclusive and have more diversity in the way and people fucking me because you know that's great you know <laughs> especially in the dark a dick's a dick so you know my favorite saying lately is any hole's a goal hey my hole's a goal man uh, <laughs> but i think too like i i like i was saying earlier too like i just find that you know there's always a subset of gay that just does things that i don't understand and they just only stay within their one white boring ass group they're all muscly and they just do that. And it's like, we could do so much better and we can be so much better. And honestly, like you may not realize it. Some of the chunkier ones are probably much better at fucking than the fucking twigs that y'all want to stick your dick in. And so, you know, it's just like, you haven't, you don't know what you're missing until you haven't done it. And, you know, I'm like, give it a try. It's not that bad. But, you know, it's just it, we're in a place that it was like it, we should be more accepting. Exactly. And we're not, you know, and that's what makes my and that's what breaks my heart a little bit. I really do 
it really breaks my heart that we're in this divide and it's just, it's, and we're not where we should be. So we're getting close to the hour. So a couple other questions that I have is obviously like, besides going through the title system and all that other stuff, what are other things that you want to accomplish, even just as a person, what do you want to accomplish within the gay community? Like, what do you hope to that you could create change for? Like I said, in the beginning, I was somebody who was an introvert who, who really didn't embrace myself. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a title or not something I want to keep doing. Like, mm-hmm looking around the bar seeing the same people where i was and and helping them along their journey yeah and i don't need a title for that that's good i like that i love that that makes me super happy all right so joey we hit the hour so i have i know so this is what happens when you get two gays into a zoom room you just start talking talking and just Gabble, gabble, gabble. So my last question for you is, what does sex mean to you? Sex to me is being able to just be myself in an intimate relationship and Mm -hmm. being able to enjoy myself with consent with my other partner Mm -hmm. and having the chemistry there to elevate the climax. Well, Joey, thank you so much for joining me on Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. This has been this has been actually legitimately fun time. I know that we have been talking in passing before all of this stuff. And I mentioned, I was like, we need to get you on this show. So I'm glad we finally got to make it happen. And this has been a fantastic conversation. So if you can do me a huge favor, because you're pretty good at it, whore yourself out. Where can people find you? (laughs) Social media wise. They can find me on Instagram at at Jojo Byrne, spelled B-Y-R-N-E. Or they could find me on Facebook, uh, just under Joey Byrne. Ooh, perfect. As always, those links will be in the in the show description down below. So thank you everyone for listening again to another exciting episode of Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. I am your favorite Uncle Forrest. And I am Mr. Eagle 562 Leather 2020, 2021, 2022. Oh my Joey God. Joey Byrne. <laughs> and always remember to stay open. Stay curious. And stay Stay coming. coming. Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to another exciting episode of Coming and Other Stuff You Should Know. Have a question or topic suggestion we should cover? Send an email to comingpod at gmail.com. That's C-U-M-M-I-N-G-P-O-D at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. Our official Instagram is at coming and other stuff. Come again soon.